Good evening, ladies. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry, and welcome to the eighty-nine point one, the Roar. I'm Aubrey Bowles, joined alongside. I'm Maggie Kleinsmith. And you are tuning into Sports Fanatic, where we talk sports. Maggie, this is a huge weekend for the sports industry. What are you most excited for? Um, you know, I can't say I'm the biggest sports fan myself. So if I were to tell you what I was most excited for, it'd be the Villanova versus Georgetown swim meet tomorrow. But besides that, the Phillies are in the World Series. So pretty hyped about that as well. Yeah, go Phillies. Right now it's 0-0, bottom of the second, zero outs. Um, yeah, bud. So, Maggie, I heard you're on the swim team. Yes. What do you swim? I'm a rush stroker. And what are you swimming tomorrow? The 100 and 200 breast alongside the 200 medley relay. And are you excited? <laughs> yeah, Huge I'm excited. meet tomorrow. Huge meet. Huge meet. <laughs> the Hoyles are coming to town. How about them Hoyles? I got a friend on the the Georgetown swim team. He's very who I grew up with. Oh, you guys are tight. Yeah, we're tight. Uh, He's my guy. <laughs> Shout out Liam Ryan. <laughs> but um, so I'm from Richmond, Virginia, and obviously I'm not like a Washington Commanders fan, NFL. Yeah. I'm a Ravens fan. Um, so why? Because actually, funny story. When I was in kindergarten. It was the fall season. We just moved into my new house, and we were getting a new TV. And so I think it was like some Verizon deal or whatever. Um, you could buy a TV, and you could get like two free jerseys. <laughs> and I obviously was in like kindergarten, so I wasn't like old enough to know football. But I chose the Ravens jersey based off their colors, and my brother chose the Broncos. Ooh. And now he's a Broncos fan, and I'm a Ravens fan. And that? so, yeah, in 2012, when the Ravens won the Super Bowl – the Ravens had to play Denver, who I believe were the one. I think they were the second seed, um, and the Ravens were like the fourth seed. And the Ravens beat them on the Mile High Miracle. Dude, you know what I think is actually so unfair. So I was in Denver this past weekend, and I went for a run, and I was running like around the Mile High Stadium, basically. Wow. And I know, and I was thinking to myself how unfair it is. That, like, all these teams come in, and they're not able to get adjusted to the altitude. Because mm-hmm. after, like, two miles, I was pretty gassed. And I felt like throwing up. <laughs> it's just like my skin was dry. My lips were chapped. I was really nauseous. And there's no way that's fair. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, and Ravens, actually, Justin Tucker is their kicker. First Battle Hall of Famer. Best kicker to do it ever. Unbelievable. It's easier to kick field goals up there because of the high altitude. And so the Broncos kicker, kicker Brandon McManus, held the longest field goal. I think it was at 64 yards, something like that. And then Justin Tucker actually broke it. 66-yarder. Shout out, Tucker. Hit off the goalpost, bounced in. That's pretty sick. In Detroit against the Lions. Huh. Yeah. Week three last year. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So Maggie, what's your favorite sport? <laughs> um, that's a deep question. I I don't know. You're pretty athletic. I'm pretty athletic. I like hockey. Hockey's pretty cool. I like how the people fight in it and like. Violent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, it gets gritty. I like that. I don't really watch that much football. I'm trying to get into it. 
you know, Sunday night football. That's pretty yeah, fun. Yeah, big game this Sunday. Big game. What game? Packers versus Bills. Where are the Eagles playing? I think they're playing Sunday. Oh. I'm not an Eagles fan, though. Yeah, Eagles fans get into it. They get into yeah, it. Yeah, same with Bills fans. People are saying yeah. that if, if there's a bills Eagles super Bowl, world's ending. Probably. Yeah. What are you no. going to do, though? Yeah, I like hockey. I like swimming, but you can't really <laughs> watch swimming. Um, so, yeah. Who's your favorite NHL team? Rangers. Why? Because I'm from New York. Hey, really? Yeah. Where in New York? Westchester. I live like right outside the city. Wow. I didn't know that. <laughs> Where'd you think I was from? I don't know. I, th- I knew you're from North. I just didn't know. I mean, why are you in Denver the other week? My brother lives there. Really? Yeah. What does he do in Denver? Um, he is some sort of engineer. He actually works. Oh, you don't know what your brother does? No, I do know what my brother does, and I'll tell you right now. <laughs> he works for. <laughs> he works for corporate cheese, so he's a chemical engineer, and he basically goes around the country, creating the whey powder that's used in the cheese that Domino's. Pizza Hut. Wow, like I, lo- Cal- I, could, I, I can always go for Domino's. I don't like Domino's. And like, there are like two other like pizza chains mm-hmm. that use his cheese. So yeah, he's actually in Brazil right now. Wow, looking for some cheese stuff. What language do they speak in Brazil? Portuguese. Very nice. A lot of people <laughs> get confused on that. What do they think it is? I don't know. I had a Brazilian au pair growing up. Nice. So that's the only reason I know that. You know. um Who's big into cheese? Who? The Cheeseheads. Wisconsin? What team's in Wisconsin? I don't know. The Green Bay Packers. Oh, right. I should have known that, actually. But you didn't. I'm embarrassed. Well. Yeah, I'm embarrassed for you. This is awkward. Yeah, and Rogers is struggling, but it's all right. It's fine. Who's your favorite baseball player? Um, I'd probably say Bryce Harper. I mean, that's kind of like a bandwagon answer, but yeah, I liked him, I liked him when he was on the Nationals as well. Um, and oh. he does he deserved that home run hit. Um, against the Braves, he's been training all his life for that, and I was I was pretty pumped for him to win um, an MVP. Yeah, see, I don't I don't watch much baseball, but I am an avid fan of John Crook's Twitter account. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I'm just I'm scrolling through, seeing if there are any updates about the Phillies game. Yeah, um, Astros are actually up one zero now. Oh. Damn. The bottom of the second with one out. Idiots. <laughs> just kidding. I take it back. Uh, what would you say your favorite sport is? I'd say my favorite sport is. Huh. I'd say either football or basketball. Oh, I forgot about basketball. Basketball is a good sport, too. I like to watch that. I like college basketball a lot. Yeah, college basketball is exciting. Yeah, it is. Go Cats. Yeah, go Cats. I grew up actually a Duke Blue Devil fan. My dad ran track and field, or he ran track and cross country at Duke. Really? Yeah. How about them apples? I know. So I've been to Cameron Indoor a good amount of times. You know, he was actually at the Duke UNC game where Zion, like, fell out of his shoe. Yeah. And, like, injured himself. Jeez. That was pretty crazy. Jeez, man. Yeah, he was actually uh, good friends with Gene Banks, who was uh, one of the first, like, great Duke players to come through that program. Wow. Yeah, Coach K actually 
started coaching his senior year when he was there. Hmm. Yeah, came all the way from Army. Duke's athletic facilities are pretty cool. I went and visited, and I remember they were basically telling me how they do blood tests on their athletes. Wow. To see, like, what they need. Like, what vitamins I have heard about that, yes. And, like, everything else, which I thought was kind of cool. I think that's cool, but that's, like... It's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. Like, imagine, like, we had to get our blood drawn, like, once a month. Yeah. I'd pass out. I'm not a big fan of having my blood drawn. (laughs) (laughs) Me neither. Yeah. Right? Thank you for joining us, Maggie. I'm getting kicked out. (laughs) (laughs) I forget to turn off my mic. Okay. Have a good one. Guys, that was Maggie Kleinsmith joining us. Senior on the Villanova Women's Swimming Dive has a huge meet tomorrow against Georgetown. Come out if you can. It's at home, 12 o'clock. Be there. All right, guys, so let's get talking to some sports. So, obviously, me being a Ravens fan... Last night was unbelievable. I mean, Ravens going up against this like depleted Tampa Bay Bucks team. I mean, Tom Brady not playing like his usual self. Um, yeah, they just couldn't get the run game or pass game going. I mean, they had a few few deep balls here and there um, to Mike Evans. Mike Evans actually showed out. Um, but I feel like they just they just weren't there. I mean, granted they did have a ten to three lead going into half last night, but they just couldn't couldn't finish the game. And talk about the Ravens. I mean, they were on fire the second half. Got off to a, got off to a slow start um, in the beginning with Mark Andrews going out with that shoulder injury, and same with Rashad Bateman, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards too was a big blow. Um, but I think that actually helped uh, rookie tight end Isaiah Likely to show who he really is. I mean, that man really balled out. He came to play. I mean, talk about toughness. He would just catch it and then just carry defenders for an extra 5, 10 yards. And that's something that just coaches love. Um I mean, Tom Brady didn't really have that bad of a game. I mean, 26 for 44, 325, and a touchdown. Uh, I mean, that touchdown came to Julio Jones, like, late in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, didn't really didn't really matter. Um, they missed the two-point conversion on that. But Lamar, 27-38, 238, and two touchdowns, zero interceptions. And he also added um, 43, yards on the, 43 yards on the ground. I mean, a lot of people out there are saying that Lamar is a running back. Um, but I think last night he definitely proved that he can get it done in the air and on the ground. Um, I think uh, Kenyon Drake did a phenomenal job uh, with the absence of Gus Edwards in the second half. Um, he really got the Ravens going with that first touchdown pass. Um, and I think that the Ravens in the second half, really got adjusted to the Bucks defense. I think that Greg Roman, offensive coordinator, he found out how to utilize the Ravens' run game and the pass game to the best of their ability. 
because Devin White just wasn't playing at his best. Shaq Barrett was injured. He left. Um, their secondary was just depleted. No Carlton Davis, no Sean Murphy Bunting. No Antoine Winfield. Um, and the Ravens took advantage of that. I think, I mean, you look at Isaiah Likely, six receptions, 77 yards, one touchdown. I mean, he was obviously the key player last night's game. Um, and I think with the absence of Mark Andrews, that really helped, you know, people see his potential. Um, and I think with, with the key players out, you know, Andrews, Bateman, Edwards, I think that that really allowed Greg Roman and, and Lamar Jackson to really be um, creative with their play calling because the Bucks, you know, they specific, they specifically um, plan for for those receivers. I mean, with them out, you know, they didn't know who the ball was going to, pass, run. You know, they don't know who the other weapons were because that's what the Ravens mainly go to. And I think that with the injuries and with with Likely and, and Duvernay and Prochet and all them in, I think that allowed, you know, the Ravens to get a little creative and see what they what they can work with. Um, and I so and I so I think that was that was really good for the Ravens just to see. Um and yeah, so the Bucks fall to three and five. First time first time Tom Brady's under five un, two games under five hundred um in his career. They're one and three at home. And then the Ravens on the other hand, first AFC North, five and three, three and one away. Um got off to a little shaky start, finishing games, but I think last night they really came out firing in the second half and they proved um, that they can play all four quarters. So this got me thinking, I wonder if, you know, Tom Brady's personal life is <laughs> affecting his playing. You know, as you read today, I think Tom and his wife are filing for divorce. Um, yeah, the, two hours ago, they announced divorce after 13 years of marriage. Um and you know, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. You know, Tom said he was retiring um, last year. You know, spend time with the family. You know, be with the kids because he's been playing football for what twenty years now. Um, and then you know, he decides to come out of retirement and play another year. And so I guess Giselle just wasn't wasn't having it. You know, she's she's been the main role, I guess, for the kids for the past nineteen years, and she. Wasn't gonna allow. I guess she's just fed up with with Tom playing football. <laughs> you know, I guess there's there's a line where you got to choose either football or your family. And I guess Tom just had other and had other things in mind. Um, but this season just is not looking good for them. I mean, that blowout loss against the Panthers last week really, really exposed some flaws on their team. Um, I mean, Leonard Fournette played pretty well last night. I mean, nine carries, a touchdown, but he only had 24 yards. That's 2.7 yards per carry. His longest run was nine yards. <laughs> and so that offensive line just just didn't show up. I mean, I know the Ravens' offensive line, Tyler Endebaum, was having having some problems with Vita Vea, um, but but they still got it done. And then the, the Bucks just didn't show up. Yeah, Mike Evans, six receptions, 123 yards. Chris Godwin, six catches, 75 yards. He had a nice little 40-yard screen pass. Um, but, wow, I just – I mean, the Bucks just didn't seem like they came out of the locker room that second half. Um, yeah, 
Ravens outscored them 24 to 12 in the second quarter or second half, excuse me. So ended up 27-22 final score. Ravens play the Saints next week. Um and then they have a bye the next week. So they play on primetime Monday night. Um and then the Bucks they play the Rams um next Sunday. It's a 4:25 p.m. game. That's going to be an interesting one. Um obviously Rams defending Super Bowl champions. It's going to be fun to see how that plays out. So moving on from NFL into college, um we have a huge weekend of college and I'm pumped for it. Um obviously the Virginia Tech NC State game last last night was unreal. I mean, Virginia Tech leading the whole game, and then NC State comes back with their true freshman quarterback because Devin Leary's out, and they win 22-21. to And NC State's ranked 24th, and Virginia Tech is unranked. My sister goes to Virginia Tech, um, and I just think there's too much hype around Virginia Tech. I mean, they got blown out by West Virginia. They lost to ODU. I mean, I just don't think they have what it takes to – to compete with these teams. And, I mean, ODU, like, I, I just don't think that, that they should have they should have lost that. But, I mean, they've – I thought that was just, like, like a battle loss, but they keep losing over and over again, I feel like. Um, Utah beat Washington State last, last night. Um, Utah's ranked 14th. But the big game tomorrow – actually, I'd say two big games I'm looking forward to the most – I mean, you got to go Ohio State, Penn State. You have to. I mean, number two versus number 13. Ohio State's going in to Beaver Stadium tomorrow at noon. I mean, you just can't ask for much more than that. I get Penn State's coming off a Michigan loss, um, and they did play pretty poorly. But I think at home with this kind of atmosphere, I think Penn State's going to cut it close. Um but again, Ohio State, I mean, C.J. Stroud is just unbelievable. That man can sling it. He can run it. He's so smart with the ball. He can read defenses. And he's got his receivers. I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr., heard he play with like an Apple Watch the other day. The man is unreal. Um, and he's got Jackson Smith, Nijba, um, who's – Arguably one of the one like the best receiver in college football right now, um, and I just think they got C.J. Henderson, who's just killing the run game right now, um, and I think that Ohio State, I think they're going to squeak out with a win, but I think, um, I think Penn State is going to going to cut it close. Um, excuse me, it's Trayvon Henderson. Sorry, he actually went to um my one of my high schools uh in my area. He went to Hopewell, um, and he everybody came out to see him on Friday Night Lights. He was just unbelievable. But I I like what I like what James James Franklin's working with. Um, Ryan Day, of course, he's a great quarterback. I mean, excuse me, great coach, but. I don't know because I, I I would like to see the upstate from or the um, upset from Penn State. 
But I think Ohio State gets the dub. I think they're walking away, Happy Valley, um, with a win. Um, another big big game tomorrow, Oklahoma State versus Kansas State. Um, number nine versus number 22 tomorrow at 3.30. That's going to be big. Um, ooh, Kentucky and Tennessee. 19 Kentucky versus 3 Tennessee. Tennessee coming off probably one of the not biggest win in their program history. I mean, that game last weekend was nuts. I mean, you talk about a football game. Like, if you don't like football after watching that game, then something's wrong. (laughs) I mean, that was the best college football game I have ever watched in my life, except um, the uh, kick six from Auburn, Alabama, Iron Bowl. (laughs) But, I mean, Hennon Hooker has just got the team rolling. Um, he's been killing it. He killed it against Bama. I think he's going he's gonna to kill it against Kentucky. Um, and I think, I think Tennessee is going to walk out with an easy, easy win. Um, USC, Arizona, I know USC is coming off the loss. Um, but I think Caleb Williams is going to bounce back. You know, he's, such a, he's such a great guy, such a great role model for the team. I think he's been a great addition. Um, same with Lincoln Riley. I think they've really brought the program up, and I think they're going to be playing. If they if they step up the game, I think they might be playing for a playoff spot. Um, but we'll see. And then UNC or UNC Pittsburgh is going to be a good one. Um, and then the other the other big big game tomorrow. It might not seem like it, but it is Michigan Michigan State. Michigan State is unranked. Um, Michigan ranked number four. I got to go Michigan. I mean, Michigan State really has not been living up to the hype um, that I thought they were this year. You know, they're sixth in the Big Ten East. Um, Mel Tucker was paid all that money last year, and he's he doesn't seem to be getting it done this year. They had a great, great team last year, but this year three and four, um, and it's at the big house. So I think it's going to be tough for Michigan State to walk out with a win, I think this one goes to Michigan. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for for a big game of, of college football tomorrow. Um, and then some NFL we got. I know I mentioned the, the Packers-Bills um, Sunday night game. I think it's going to be huge. I mean, with me being a Ravens fan, I still got to go Bills. I'm... I respect Josh Allen a lot. I think he's an unbelievable quarterback, very talented, can run, can throw the deep ball, make smart decisions, you know. His receivers trust him. He trusts his receivers to get open, make these unbelievable catches. You know, Gabe Davis, Stephon Diggs, he's on my fantasy team. He's been saving me these past couple weeks. Um, you know, Dawson Knox is unbelievable. You know, his, o- his O-line is, is doing the job for him. He's just been been tearing it up and you know I, I respect that for Josh Allen because I think I think he's been doing well I love you know Bill's mafia I love just what they do I remember when the um when the Ravens lost to them in the divisional round in 2019 um you know it was just unbelievably windy nothing at all was going the Ravens way Bill's beat the Ravens they upset them um and then the Bill's mafia donates a good amount of money to Lamar's Jackson's charity. Um, 
and I just think, you know, you know, I mean, that just shows what the Bills Mafia is all about. Um, besides jumping on tables set on fire, <laughs> um, but I think the Bills walk away. The the Packers just, I don't know what's up with with Aaron Rodgers, um, Matt Lafleur, but I don't like it, <laughs> and I don't think I don't think they're they're in it this year. I think Rodgers should have retired with Brady. I mean, I see all the memes on on social media about how they should have retired, but they decided to keep going, and I don't know how that's going to affect their legacy. Um, so we'll see. I really like the, um, I think the Steelers-Eagles, people were talking about maybe the Steelers upsetting the Eagles. I mean, I, I, don't, I just don't really see it happening. I mean, Kenny Pickett, the rookie, he he had a good game against Tampa. I mean, that could go both ways. You know, he could have had a good game against Tampa or Tom Brady just didn't play well. Um, and, you know, I, th- I still think he's learning. I mean, Najee Harris is not not off to a stellar start. Um, his receivers, Claypool, I know he wasn't happy about getting, you know, enough targets. Um, Johnson's doing all right. Uh, George Pickens is honestly playing out of his mind. Um, but that doesn't seem to be, you know, enough for this team. So I think in the Eagles, 6-0, and just killing it. Jalen Hurts, MVP frontrunner. Um I think they have all the weapons with Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard. I mean, those three alone are just unstoppable. And then you have Miles Sanders on the ground and Jalen Hurts, too. <laughs> um, that defense is stellar as well with that secondary. Um, so I, th- I think Eagles I think Eagles are going to move to 7-0. Um, Patriots and Jets, see, that's a tough one. I think the Jets take it. I mean, the Jets are on a roll this season. Zach Wilson leading the team. He was out the first couple of weeks. I actually went to the Ravens-Jets game. Uh, Ravens pulled out a dub. But, I mean, the Jets are second in the AFC East. Um, and I think they have they have every they have everything they need to become, you know, a, a playoff contender. Um, you know, obviously it hurts with Brees Hall out with his torn ACL. But you know they just picked up James Robinson from the Jaguars, so I think I think Robinson is also a, a he's a nice running back to have. Um, he went undrafted, but he's been he's been proving that he he belongs in this league, and so I think they're going to be just fine with with Robinson in. Um, and then the Giants Seahawks, that's a big one. You know you got Daniel Jones versus Geno Smith, you got Pete Carroll versus Matt Dable. That's a tough one. I mean, the Giants beat my Ravens barely, though. Um, I think you got to go Giants. I think the Giants. I think I love what they have going, um, but they did just trade Kadavius Tony to the Chiefs, though. Um, but he obviously wasn't making that much of an impact with his injury. Um, you know, Seahawks defense has been playing great. Um, Geno Smith has just he's he's exceeded a lot of people's expectations. Um, you know, with that trade with Russell Wilson, um, going to the the Broncos, I think that Geno Smith is going to get it done, and I'm 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 pumped for Geno Smith. You know, it's it's his time to shine. You know, he's been the backup for for a good amount now, and I think that he deserves 
the spotlight and you know he's he's dealing with it pretty well and so i think i think it's going to be a close one but i think the i think the giants pull it out um you know Tariq Woolen also for the Seahawks he has been on fire his rookie season and you know he's up there for defensive rookie of the year and i think he honestly is i think he should win it the pace is going right now there's a lot of debate between whether he or Sauce Gardner is number one right now, and I'd say it's Tariq Woolen. You know, Sauce, he's mainly known for his pass breakups on these big-name receivers. I saw one against Jamar Chase the other day. Um, but Tariq Woolen, he, I think he has four interceptions in four straight games or something like that, and he has been, like, He's been covering receivers like nobody's business. I mean, receivers just can't get open. Um, he knows how to cover. He knows where they're going. And I just think that he – the the Seahawks got a steal in Tariq Woolen. I will say that. Um, so I, I like what 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 he's doing there. Um, 49ers Rams, obviously that's been a big matchup. The, uh, the NFC um, – Championship game last year, 49ers Rams. I think I'm gonna go on a limb here. I think 49 or yeah, I think 49ers win it. I think Christian McCaffrey is gonna step up this week. I know a lot of people are, you know, confused or just kind of like, what's going on with with Christian McCaffrey and the 49ers? Like, how are they gonna use him? I think I think they're gonna use him well this week. I think the Rams' defense just has not stepped up to the plate. I don't think they lived up to the hype as they did last year. And I just haven't seen Aaron Donald making as many plays. You know, their linebackers, the cornerbacks, I just don't think that that they've necessarily been, been you know, reading the correct calls, making the, the plays they need to, to make in order to win. So I think the 49ers with George Kittle, you know, Debo, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, all of them, I think their offense is going to be too much for the Rams' defense. And Monday night, the Bengals-Browns at 8-15. I think this is going to be an easy one for the Bengals. I mean, Browns just... Jacoby Brissett is not the quarterback the Browns need right now. Um, but obviously, it's the one they have to stick to <laughs> as of right now. Um, but, you know, the addition of, of Mari Cooper... Um, you know, David Njoku is playing great. He had a great game against the Ravens. Same with Amari Cooper. Um, Nick Chubb, arguably top three running back in the league right now. I think he's top three. He's killer on the run game. Very hard to bring down. Um, but I think the Bengals make it make it out alive. Um, yeah, I think the, the NFL has been very interesting this, this season. Um, I can't believe it's already week eight. That's crazy. But the topic that's been going around a lot is Russell Wilson. And my issue with Russell Wilson is that he the public has this image of him, or at least I think that like he you know, just tries to put out this view that, like, you know, I heard the, the um, like, the memes of him doing, like, high knees in the, um, like, the aisle of his plane on the way to London. 
a couple days ago. Like he was working out while it, while the rest of the team was sleeping on the plane, and he was watching film for like an hour, and then he'd do high knees, like jumping jacks, like all that on the plane, while everybody's trying to sleep. And to me, that just like what does that do? Like everybody else is sleeping, you're probably you, you might wake up some of the other players. <laughs> I just think that that right there is just, I don't know if I want to say that's like, he wants to do that for like the media's attention or what, but I don't know, and he has not at all been playing to the level that he's played in the past. I mean, Broncos are falling apart right now. Um, And obviously, like, they're a laughing stock. I mean, every week, it's, they're just, they're not delivering. They're fourth, they're last in the AFC West. That Thursday night game against the the Bears was just horrible. I mean, that was one of the worst games. I mean, excuse me, against the Chargers. That was one of the worst games I've ever watched. You know, it went into overtime. Play that could have won it for him, but it lost it for him. Could have won it for him. Had a player right in front of him, wide open. Decides to throw it on the outside. Incomplete. Game over. And I saw there's been three instances and I think the past year, where players are just right in front of Wilson, and he just he just doesn't see him. You know, people are starting to begin you know, thinking that he's blind. <laughs> but I just, ever since that that interception on the goal line with Malcolm Butler, I think that scarred him. <laughs> Should have run it. But I think the the Seahawks definitely won that trade. Um, you know. Russell Wilson's getting paid a lot of money to to not do to not <laughs> produce what people thought he was going to produce. Um, but you know, that's the game. You know, he was paid two hundred forty-five million dollars for five years with one hundred sixty-five million guaranteed, and they're last in the AFC West. Like, I just don't see how that sits right with any Broncos fan or any fan of the NFL. I mean, I bet you, because I think so many people were wondering what the Broncos were going to turn out this year to be. And right now, as of week eight, they're just the laughing stock of the NFL. I mean, they're getting killed every week. Um, and it's, you know, he's always Broncos country, let's try. He tried to end that after an interview a couple games ago. No. Like, you don't need to say that. You just lost. There's no need to say that. Um, but we'll see how the Broncos have... We'll see what they do in the second half of the season. Another hot topic in the NFL. Should, have, should the Ravens have paid Lamar Jackson? Obviously, me being a Ravens fan, it's tough. I I think the Ravens should have paid Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, if Russell Wilson's out here getting $245 million, um for five years, um, and then you got Deshaun Watson out here getting paid $230 million for five years, um, and you got Lamar playing off his rookie contract, final year of his rookie contract, getting paid $25 million. And he's doing more than any of them are doing combined right now. But there is that talk about, you know, Lamar Jackson, he is, you know, scrambling a running quarterback. 
Um, and I know there was talk about this year. Should he play safe? Like, should he make sure he stays healthy so that when the season's over, he will be paid, you know, the money that he deserves? I think, I think everyone who watches football, or at least like has a good sense of football, knows that Lamar should be paid. I mean, that man has done unbelievable things in this league. And he's on his last year of his rookie contract. He's still got so much ahead of him, and he's already been killing the game. I mean, unanimous NFL MVP. Um, you know, leading rusher for quarterbacks in a season. I mean, he led, him to, led the Ravens to a first-place um, spot in the playoffs a couple years ago. I mean, he is so, so, so talented. But there is that talk about, you know, he can't finish it. You know, they've they've lost in the in the playoffs, you know, in the first round, like two years in a row. Um But I think he deserved to be paid. Like the sign he held up last night, you know, pay 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 number eight now. Um and I think they should. because, I mean if the if if the Ravens let him go, that's going to be a huge mistake. But again, backup Tyler Huntley, you know, people say that after watching him play last year when Lamar was out, I think, you know, Tyler Huntley, he's got something in him. Um, people are saying that he could he could have been a starter this, this season for a team. So I guess, you know, the Ravens' office, you know, they, they probably took that into consideration. Um Plus they gotta they gotta pay all these other players, you know, what they're worth. I mean you gotta play Mark Andrews, you know, Calais Campbell, Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey. Um and so I just I don't know, I definitely think it should be around and a little bit more than Watson and, and Wilson. I think that he deserves that. He's been doing numerous things from the Ravens that no other quarterback in the league can do. And I just think that he, if he, if they don't pay him, he's, he's going to leave. So I think that, you know, and he's, he talk, he stopped contract talks when, when week one hit. So when free agency hits up in, in March, I think that the Ravens better, better get a hold of that and pay him what he deserves. And yeah, right now the Phillies actually, who. Feelers are having a tough start to the game. Astros are up 5-0. Bottom of the third with one out. Astros are up at the plate. Um, Nola's pitching for for the Phillies. Yeah, it looks like everything has been going the Astros' way so far. Uh, Tucker, Homer, DeWright. Um... Maldonado single to center. Uh, Tucker Homer to right again. So he said two home runs tonight. He's having himself a game. Um, but actually for uh, for the Astros pitcher Justin Verlander. So I'm from I'm from Richmond, Virginia. Verlander actually grew up in Goochland County, which is about thirty minutes from where I live. He went to Goochland High School, and my high school played Goochland a lot. Um, so I just thought it's pretty cool that, that he grew up around 30 minutes away from me. Um, he's a a local legend in the area. Um, but I think 
I think the Phillies were on such a roll that if they didn't have this this four day break, I think I think they'd be they'd be off to a different start right now. But the Phillies, you know, they seem to to battle back. Um, I definitely think they're like a, a kind of a late inning team. Um, they like to finish games, but right now they just got us. They just got another out, uh, so it's bottom of the third, two outs. Astros still up five zero. Um, I'm not that much of a baseball fan. I I did watch some of the Nationals when they won. Um, but and I had a lot of friends that went to the parade, but I just I just don't really watch baseball until until October. <laughs> you know, obviously here in Philly it's it's red October. Um, it's actually it's it's cool to see because all the people up here are Phillies, Phillies and English fans and Flyers. So it's it's cool to have you know the the Phillies in the World Series and the Eagles start six and zero. I mean Phillies fans up here and Eagles fans you know they're loving it. So they're they're having the time of their lives right now. Hopefully they can they can keep that up because that'd be unbelievable if the Phillies and Eagles win the World Series and the Super Bowl in the same year. That'd be unbelievable. I think the world would go crazy. At least Philly would. Um. Yeah, that's that's all the sports we have for you guys tonight. Um. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for our first ever episode tonight. Um, this is, again, Sports Fanatic. It's going to be 8.30 every Friday, or at least try to be every Friday. Um, so, yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in. This is V89.1, The Roar, WXVU Villanova Station. Um, this is your host, Aubrey Bowles, signing off. Hope you guys have a great night and a great weekend. So get out there and let's watch some sports. Let's have a fun weekend filled with sports. And I'll be back with you guys next Friday. Good night. It's the very best in smooth jazz. Hey, this is Dave Koz on 89.1 WXVU Villanova Radio. You're listening to Lights Out Villanova on V891 The Roar.
This is Dina, the advisor at WXVU, and you're listening to V891, The Roar. Villanova University's WXVU Villanova. Visit our all-new website at WXVU.org. We're on air serving the main line at 89.1 on your FM dial, or stream us anytime, anywhere on the Radio FX app. WXVU is proud to debut The Morning Roar, our brand new weekly morning show. 
Every Friday at 8 a.m. for one full hour, we'll discuss the latest happenings of Villanova and bring you news, sports, in-depth interviews, and all kinds of cool features. That's the Morning Roar, this and every Friday at 8 a.m. It's another reason why this truly is the greatest semester in the history of Villanova's V891, The Roar. This is your WXVU Villanova Campus Minute. We sat down with Villanova President Father Peter, who discussed the difference in operations on Villanova's campus this semester. I'm most excited about the fact that the COVID protocols are winding down. Uh, we have very different protocols this year than we've ever had in the last two years. We have to still be cautious about some things. People are still getting COVID, except it's uh, not as serious as it was before. So it's kind of waning. Uh, you know, the time being isolated or being away, you know, is five to ten days. There's no more contact tracing that is necessary for people to be isolated or quarantined. To hear our full conversation with Father Peter, check out the interview on WXVU's podcast feed, available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. The Villanova Leadership Program provides six different workshops on leadership tips and tricks, theories, and networking. Get Villanova Leadership certified and become a better leader. More information is available at villanova.edu slash VLP. You care for the house, the kids, and our future. A Shiro's day is never done. So let's start saving a little more now. Get free tips to help boost your retirement savings. Visit aceyourretirement.org slash Shiro. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Now, here's your three-day weather forecast for the main line. Partly cloudy tonight. We'll get down to 37 for a low. And a nice fall weekend in store. Sunny for your Saturday, a high of 61. And a mix of sun and clouds Sunday will top out at 63. It's the very best in smooth jazz. Hey, this is Boney James on 89.1 WXVU Villanova Radio. You're listening to Lights Out Villanova on V891 The Roar.
It's the very best in smooth jazz. Hey, this is Boney James on 89.1 WXVU Villanova Radio. You're listening to Lights Out Villanova on V891 The Roar.
Which way to go? 